When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Our guest today won the silver medal in beach volleyball at the Tokyo Olympic Games in 2021. A former AIS scholarship holder, this two-time Olympian moved to Australia from Peru when she was 11 years old. And in her time competing in the green and gold has amassed a swag of medals, including silver at the 2018 Commonwealth Games, bronze at the World Championships in 2019, and nine more gold medals between the Asian Beach Volleyball Championships and on the FIVB World Tour. Our trailblazer today is Maria Faye Atacho del Solar. Maria Faye, welcome. How are you? Hi, Steph. Yeah, I'm really good, actually. I'm very excited. I get to get out of quarantine very early this morning, so I can't wait. Well, first of all, congratulations on your silver medal winning performance in Tokyo. Have you had any chance to celebrate? Um, no, and that's been an anticlimax. I'm going from such a high into being locked in a room for two weeks, and it just it doesn't feel like we've kind of achieved anything because of that. We haven't had any chance to see our family and be able to properly celebrate with them. So, um, yeah, that's been a little bit sad, I guess, but um, I hope that once we get out and we're able to share that moment with our family and friends, it feels a bit more real. Oh, that'll be so exciting when, when you get to do that. It's a strange situation to have to quarantine after all being together in such a wonderful environment. But your family's gathered to watch together back in Australia, is that right? Yeah, they did actually. They all got together for our first game, which was a, a good time for everyone. And they had a barbecue and it was just so lovely um, just to see them all together. Uh, but yeah, the other teams were a little bit challenging with times and all, but um, whoever was around, they did try and watch it together, which was, was so cool to see. And how about your mum? Was she watching back home in Peru? Yeah, she was. She got up a very early morning. If um, the times didn't quite match uh, and all like my sister my auntie cousins uncles everyone got around it and not just in Peru like I had my family in the US and family in Spain everyone around the world just got together and my whatsapp the family group was just going bonkers which which I loved it was so special <laughs> that's wonderful uh, how different is it on site when you can't have your family and friends in the stands um, I thought it actually was going to be a lot more quieter and weeder. Like I thought I would definitely feel the difference, but honestly, I couldn't even tell. I was, I guess I was so focused and in the zone. And once I was in the court, it was just the same. Like everything around me was white noise and it kind of goes um, when we actually have a crowd. It, that, that's kind of the same feeling. Like you, you feel like there's people and music and stuff going on, but at the same time, you don't. 
So it was a very similar feeling, which I was pretty happy about because I didn't, I was a bit scared of, um, of if it was going to be any different. Yeah. You were also at the Rio Olympics. How did your experience in Tokyo compare overall? It was actually super different. Um, for me, Rio was a great experience to be there and um, get to know, know what the actual Olympic experience was, be surrounded by incredible people and really get a feel of what the top athletes um, you know, do and what it takes to be on the podium. And that really motivated me to come back home and work really hard because I knew that the next Olympics, I wanted to be on the podium. Um, so this time around, it was business time and it just felt like any other event for me. I almost didn't feel like it was the Olympics. I treated it as just another event. Every game was just another game. Um, and I was, I kind of felt like I was on a mission once I got there. Um, I pretty much hanged in the Australian building the whole time. I was either in my room or eating or hanging down with the team. But I honestly, like, not, yeah, I didn't do much because I was, yeah, I felt like I was on a mission and I was super focused. <laughs> well, it certainly panned out well, that, that approach. Uh, what was the village experience like as a two-person team? Do you and Taliqua automatically share accommodation? Yeah, and then we also share with, uh, other athletes from different sports. So we were in an apartment with four rooms and we had BMX, two BMX girls, we had two judo girls, and then we had the BMX freestyle girls. So um, yeah, it was a whole variety of sports in our apartment, but I thought that was really cool. You know, we got to know each other and appreciate what each other does as a sport and we got to learn more about each other's sport and we really got behind each other every time we got um to compete it was pretty cute <laughs> <laughs> that's really cool yeah a podium finish is a stupendous achievement and of course a medal would have been your goal going into the tournament did your expectations match that did you honestly think yep we are going to finish on the podium yeah, we, we had the full confidence that we were more, more than capable of achieving our goal, which was a medal at the Olympics. We were going for gold because uh, why not, you know? But yeah, of course. <laughs> <laughs> we wrote down as a team in 2018 when we teamed up all our values and all our goals, and we actually ticked all of them off. And we have one more to tick off, which was gold at the Olympics. And, you know, regardless of the color that we walked away with, we were still super proud of our achievement. And, you know, this because we had to go through so many adversity and so much challenges during our preparation, you know, as, as upsetting as it was right after the game, you know, uh, moments after we were so happy that we were able to achieve such a, I guess, big thing because we're still kind of young as a team, but young ourselves and you know it takes teams and players a few olympics sometimes to achieve a medal so um it was it was obviously very exciting but we at the same time we kind of knew that that was going to happen we, we were yeah we were really confident about it and we visualized it as well so it was pretty cool to i guess leave the the real moment <laughs> Absolutely, because you've joined a really exclusive group being an Olympic medalist, but I'm kind of aware that when you win a silver medal, it means that to do that, you have to lose the match to the gold medalist. So in that moment, you already know you're going to win a medal. Were you very disappointed to lose to the US or was the feeling always going to be elation and, and pride that you would be on the podium? Um, we knew it was going to be a hard game. We played against the US girls quite a few times 
um, on tour and we actually played them earlier in April in Mexico and we were one for one and we know we always have great games against them. You know, they're a great team. April Ross is a three-time um, Olympian and she's got two, like that was her third medal, um, her third Olympic medal. And, you know, she's an incredible player. And I mean, Alex herself is a great player too. So we knew it was going to be a tough game. Um, obviously, we were, obviously, yeah, it's not the feeling you want to leave the Olympics with and loss. But like I said before, um, you kind of check yourself in and, you know, after a few hours that well, after the emotions have settled, you, you kind of realize, wow, like we, we, we got an Olympic medal around our neck and, and, you know, it's, it's pretty cool. Like, <laughs> um, <laughs> and it took a little bit of time, I guess, to realize that it was happening. Um, at the same time, we haven't, I guess, come to full terms with it yet because we haven't had the chance to celebrate properly with our loved ones. So that's why we're just so keen to get out and to actually feel it like it's actually happened. And, you know, we are Olympic medalists and it is real. And, you know, the whole Australia as a country, we felt all the laugh and everyone was saying how, you know, how much the impact was at home and so i think we're definitely super excited to to get out and kind of relive that moment <laughs> <laughs> i can imagine because of course as a country australia has already done a lot of celebrating on your behalf because yeah. <laughs> we, we've lived your moment and we got to celebrate it but in that gold medal match against april ross and alex kleinman you said you're familiar with them is there anything in hindsight in that match that you would have done differently or was it just a case of them being the team on the day um, yeah, like it wasn't meant to be, it wasn't our day. They played an incredible game and for us to beat them, we obviously had to play our best too. Um, and unfortunately, we didn't bring that into our final game. You know, I think we had a great run up to the final um, and we just couldn't, you know, couldn't finish it on on top. But, you know, looking back at every game, we fought really hard and and we never gave up and um you know the olympics is never pretty you know you under so much um not pressure because like everyone's in the same position and and you have an expectation for yourself but you know it's it's kind of a funny tournament but um yeah you know we made it happen we always found a way but at the end of the day you know it wasn't meant to be and it wasn't wasn't our time but i'm i'm sure our time will come well you almost had your sort of final winning moment earlier didn't you Canada went into the games as the world number one ranked side and you upset them in the quarterfinals what worked so well for you two in that match yeah that was just an incredible game that was almost a gold medal worthy game you know both sides play so good and it was just such a good battle which we knew was going to be we we've trained with those girls every event you know we had a training camp a week out from Tokyo in Switzerland with them and we're such good friends you know, we get along so well. Melissa's one of my best friends. You know, I think she's one of the best players in the world. And she's just a beautiful soul. Um, and yeah, in saying that, we know each other's game so well that we had to make sure from point number one, we showed them that we were here to play. We were here to battle. And I think that's what we did. You know, we were resilient and we, we just played, um, we played our hardest each point because that was what it was going to take for us to win that match. Well, because you competed so late into the tournament, you were actually able to attend the closing ceremony. That must have been quite a treat. Can you describe that for us? Yeah. Um, 
I personally chose not to be a part of the open ceremony, but um, we went as a team to the closing ceremony and we thought it would have been a nice moment for us to all go together and just celebrate that last hurrah. And yeah, I mean, it's, it's always so cool um, being a part of, of the celebration, especially at the end of it and have a, a closure, like a fun closure to the games after such a, I guess, intense two weeks and not just two weeks, but five years, you know, <laughs> five years of <laughs> so much, you know, time gone into it. But yeah, it was, it was fun. Um, Tokyo did an incredible job. All the volunteers were beautiful. They welcomed us so well. They made us feel safe. It was just such a cool event to be a part of, and I'm so grateful that they were able to make it happen for us. You're listening to Trailblazers with Stephanie Brands. We're chatting to Olympic Beach Volleyball silver medalist Maria Faye Atacha de Salar. Maria Faye, beach volleyball is the ultimate team sport. You cannot win by yourself. Can you describe your partnership with Taliqua Clancy? Um, oh, our partnership is super special. We have such a unique connection. Um, we knew that right from the start when we teamed up and um, it's not something you find in any partnership. So we're super grateful for that. You know, it's it's so much easier on call. We're able to feel each other. Um, we're on the same page. We're on the, we've got the same goals. So, um, you know, that makes it a lot of fun. And yeah, I mean, I love playing with T. She's super competitive. You know, she brings a fire. I'm just excited to see where we can take it because we, this is just the beginning for us. When you're paired up together, is it a decision based on physical abilities and how you complement each other or is it more important that you're compatible as far as your personalities go or are they picked for you? No, the opportunity came for us to team up back end of 2016 after a challenging year for all of us. Um, and... We actually played together back in 2012 in a junior world champs event and we knew straight away that we we balanced each other really well uh, both our strengths just uh, blended really well and we you know we were a good team so the time the right time ca- came for us to team up and we had a really good success straight straight from the start winning the first and three international events and yeah like we always knew we had something special like i said it doesn't really come with any partnership. So when you know, you know. <laughs> um, <laughs> and yeah, I guess that's kind of how it's just evolved. And how do you make the break from previous partnerships? Is that really awkward? <laughs> um, it kind of just happens. I guess you both kind of just feel mutual about it. And um, after Rio, yeah, it just kind of happened, I guess. And we both went our separate ways for different reasons. And I was a little bit partnerless in 2017. Um, I played with, you name it, I played with her. Um, literally was over 10 people. But you know, I it was a great lesson for me. I learned so much from each one. And and then obviously the, um, the opportunity came for us to team up at the back end of that year. And yeah, it was just at the right time, you know? Like I'm such a believer for everything happens for a reason at the right time. <laughs> Well, together, you and Taliqa won silver at the Commonwealth Games in 2018 on the Gold Coast. What was that tournament like on home soil? Oh, that was so cool. They did such an incredible job at the Com Games. And it was so fun to play in, like, in at home in front of a home crowd. And it was actually our very first big event for us 
to playing together because we just teamed up in back end of 2017 and that was our first big event and so it was pretty cool for us to play up and, and as well first time beach volleyball was a com game so that was obviously very um very special but yeah com games was so much fun and we actually yeah we played canada back then <laughs> <laughs> so we got revenge i guess i guess now um but yeah it was it was super cool well, you travel together, you train together, you plan together. How much of that involves your social life as well? Or is that kept completely separate? Oh, yeah, we room together. We literally do everything together. I honestly spend more time <laughs> with her than I do with my actual husband. It's like a relationship. Um, but um, no, yeah, we, and we do respect each other when we need our own space for sure. Um, you know, here we train together from Monday to Friday. So, you know, sometimes we we just give ourselves the weekend off um but if there was a social event and yeah obviously we'll catch up and stuff we just go with the flow uh, but yeah we i mean we have a great relationship on and off the court so it makes it it makes it fun in your sport you rely on each other alone when you're on the court it's just the two of you it doesn't matter what your coaching or your training colleagues say but what happens when one of you is having say an off day how do you deal with that oh yeah and that's so common like we're all humans and um we don't always feel great all the time even in games like you can't wait to feel great um but acceptance is the number one priority you have to accept it and be okay you feel that way um and then you know it's what you're going to do with that um and trying to always do your best with what you've got known or how you're feeling but yeah we um again we respect on on if we're one of us is not feeling great that day you know we've always got each other's back and it's it's probably not the time where we're going to be on each other to be better and do this or do that like especially if it is a training session you know um at the opposite we're supporting each other and we understand each other and we can tell straight away when one of us is having an off day um but that's a great bit about being a team like you've got each other's back so you know if you need to step up then you will step up for the team and vice versa what about injuries? When one of you is injured, you're both out of the tournament. How do you yeah. deal with that? Because it, it happened to you in 2019, didn't it? After your bronze medal yeah. in all champs in Hamburg. Yeah, I I tore my MCL during the first game in elimination round. So that was actually pretty scary because I've never touched wood, but I've never suffered from a major injury at all. So that was a scary, yeah, a scary place for me. And that was such a big event for us leading into Tokyo. We had the goal of um, getting a, a medal at that event. And for me, I knew I couldn't make it worse. It was just going to be very painful and a matter of staying really strong mentally. Um, so I didn't want to forfeit. I didn't want to, you know, have to withdraw our team from that event. And I had that support from my team, um, you know, yeah which was obviously a huge relief, but I was like, nah, I can't do it. I'm not gonna, uh, I'm gonna push through. But that was a huge lesson for all of us, like the resilience we had to build through that and the trust because, you know, T obviously could see that I couldn't warm up or I couldn't move. So she was a bit stressed that I, that, you know, she'd be thinking, how is she gonna play? But once I hit the game, like the adrenaline kicked in and I was able to kind of push the pain aside and just do the best I could. So that was, that was really cool. Um, you know, 
that we were able to achieve the bronze, um, despite obviously only having three knees available. <laughs> that sounds uh, absolutely just... excruciating. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was a lot of pain and I wasn't able to move side to side, which I don't know how no one noticed, honestly. It helped that it was cold, <laughs> that we had to wear tights and I had my knee wrapped. Like I had it to, I had a whole table roll holding it together. Um, oh, wow. Yeah, but no, nah, but yeah, it was a huge lesson for us and uh, just teaches you how much, you know, you can push your body before your mind gives up first. Like your mind is so powerful. So yeah, that was a huge lesson. But yeah, I mean, I think it helped obviously not having my mom there. She would have definitely freaked out. <laughs> But, yeah, it helped that I have such a supportive team um, to get me through each day. When you say team, I'm sure you don't mean just Taliqua. Who else is involved in, in your preparation? Oh, yeah, it honestly does take a village. Like, it's just out there. It's just us out there. But, you know, there's so many people behind us, like from our coach, our assistant coach, our strength and conditioning coach, my, you know, my husband, our immediate family, our own little bubble. And then you're talking about your extended family and, you know, your extended team. Then the site comes in, the physio, like all these people that make sure we're in tip top notch each game, every tournament and looking after us, you know, keeping our body strong, uh, making sure we're hydrated, making sure we're eating right, like all that. It's just, it take it honestly takes a village and, you know, that medal represents everyone. Enormous effort to get onto the podium and particularly given, as you said, the hiccups in the, in the preparation. You now have a break because you're in hotel quarantine, but do you ever get a chance to actually just lie on a beach and relax away from the game? I think I need a break after this quarantine break. <laughs> it just takes a toll on you, like, Oh, it's so hard to be just locked up in here for 14 days after not being able to see your family for so long. But anyway, I definitely go to the beach to just relax and do nothing, which is one of my favorite things to do. I love the beach, the ocean, and just laying there and just listening to the waves. And, oh, I could spend all day there. If my husband does, if he wouldn't get burnt so easily, I would leave on the beach. <laughs> well, you certainly chose the right profession then, didn't you? <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Uh, how, are you, how are you staying entertained in, in hotel quarantine? There's been fabulous pictures of you doing question and answer with some fans. Yeah. Uh, I think you're doing some fitness as well, aren't you? And a plethora of gifts arriving for you. That's great. Oh, yeah. Oh, my goodness. Everyone's just been so nice. I feel so grateful for everything we've received um, in the last two weeks. It's just been so, so beautiful. Um, but I've been FaceTiming nonstop, uh, making calls. Yeah, a little bit of exercise during the first week. It definitely slowed down in the second week. Um, <laughs> <laughs> what else? Just, you know, Netflix. But a lot of laying on the bed, scrolling, honestly, like, not much <laughs> looking out the window i do have a beautiful view of the brisbane city and the story bridge and the river um they did spoil us with the rooms here so i can't complain on that regard but yeah a lot of laying around <laughs> well, <you're, laughs> i think you've deserved it you were looking out on a vista of the host city of the 2032 olympic games so have you had any thoughts about wow that'd be nice to do an olympics at home oh 100 i'm my plan was since we found out that Brisbane was a big um, option for the 2032, we said, 
Well, I said to myself, I would love to make it a five Olympic journey and finish on, on home soil. So that's my plan. We'll see what happens, but I would love to compete in the 2032 Olympics in Brisbane and just finish my career here. Would be like, it would be the cherry on top. You're listening to Trailblazers with Stephanie Brands. Olympian Maria Faye Asato del Sola is our trailblazer today. Maria Faye, take us back to your childhood. Your first 11 years were in Peru. Was that in Lima? Yeah, yeah. So I was born in Lima and my sister was the one actually that got me into volleyball. Well, I mean, I used to love all sports. I literally had, a, you know, any type of ball uh, on my hands and I would just play like anything. Since I was little, I was such an action full of action type of girl. I was always outside, <laughs> could never watch any TV or any movies. I'll just get so bored so quick. And I'm still like that, to be honest. I, I'm not a movie girl. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I started really young because, you know, I've been surrounded by volleyball, going to my sister's trainings and competitions. I was, you know, I just got to be a part of it from such a young age. And um, yeah, I just played it all the time. <laughs> And did you play indoor as well or was it always beach? No, no, I started with indoor. Um, so my sister played for Peru in the indoor team and I started with indoor. I played for my school, played for a club. And I only just got introduced to beach volleyball when I was 11, when I came here to Australia. Because I came in during the summer in December, my brother who was in Sydney at that time, he said, oh, I've signed you up for, for a side social event in Manly with my mates. <laughs> blah blah blah, and he's 18 years older than me so I was 11 and all his mates were way older than me and they and his mates were like wait how old is she and he's like 11 and they were like ah uh, okay sure um but my brother knew that I already played volleyball so um yeah and that was my first time playing beach volleyball at Manly and I absolutely loved it we won that tournament and it was just love at first sight how brilliant. And tell me the differences between growing up for the first 11 years in Peru and moving to Australia. How did it differ? Oh, super different. The cultures are so different. Um, yeah, to be honest, I wasn't the happiest child in Peru. Like I never really, I don't, besides, you know, having a big family and so many cousins and always having the best time with them, I honestly didn't like, when my mum told me we were coming to Australia, I was just so excited. And I, even though I couldn't speak a word of English and I had no idea what I was getting myself into, you know, um, as an 11-year-old just picking up your bags and moving across the world, um, I was just always just had such an exciting feeling about it and I was not scared. I was so excited for the challenge and, um, yeah, I literally don't regret anything. <laughs> You mentioned that your brother already lived in Sydney. How did you and your mother and, and the rest of your family come to be in Australia? So my mum and her family, my grandparents and mum's one of six, so they all used to live in Sydney in the 70s and that's how mum became Australian um, and then was able to give it, my sister and I had the um, the passports pretty much straight away because of mum. But my brother was mm. born here in Sydney whilst mum, was the time that mum was living here and it was just that's where it was just a matter of making a decision and mum thought you know a change of lifestyle obviously things with mum and dad weren't that great so just a kind of change of lifestyle and also 
better opportunities for me and my sport here. Um, so, yeah, obviously it was not an easy decision for mum because my sister ended up staying. Um, she was 18 when she decided to stay. She was coming at first, but then um, last fall she decided to stay. So that was very, very challenging for mum. So mum was already 50 at the time. Um, so it's, you know, to start a complete new life from zero, it wasn't easy, but she's such a strong person. Um, and yeah, she, we, we became like a little team, you know, it was just her and I <laughs> that came across <laughs> and obviously my brother was a huge support as well because my brother, yeah, he, there, there's like a huge story behind it, but mum went back to Peru when he was six. And then obviously my brother came back to Sydney years later. Um, and then mum went back with me when she was 50. Um, God, my mum's been here, there and everywhere. Um, she has a big <laughs> story herself. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's kind of how we ended up here. So you came to Sydney, you settled on the upper North shore, Kalara high school. I think you met Nikki Laird, who would become your partner for the Rio Olympics. Was that something yeah. that started at school or did that partnership develop later? Yeah, no, that was really funny. We actually, um, so I already started playing obviously. And then Nikki one time mm. randomly came down to the beach and I remember seeing her. I'm like, that girl looks so familiar. I've definitely seen her before. <laughs> And yeah, we ended up realizing that we went to the same school and yeah, then she obviously started playing volleyball and um, we eventually played together, but yeah, it actually had nothing to do with school. It was really funny. It just was just happened to be. <laughs> <laughs> and what was the process to developing into an elite athlete in the sport? Were you spotted in the domestic tournaments here in Australia? Um, so when I played um, in Manly when I was 11, I, um, I got involved with the state indoor team and I, was, I went to a training camp and did a row camper who, who was my first coach there at Manly. He was the one that spotted me at the training camp and said to my mum, oh, do you like, I reckon she'll love beach. You should bring her down to Manly, have a few sessions with me. You know, I ran sessions Monday, Wednesday, Friday, blah, blah, blah. So I ended up going with mum after schools and literally, yeah, that's how it all started. He, um, he was incredible. You know, he taught me a lot. Um, and he's just had such a big, he has such a big passion and love for the game. Um, you know, he just volunteered his time down there and so many girls and boys could just join. And his daughter, Alice Rokemper, she was in the national program. So he was involved and knew all the coaches and stuff. So he then told the, the national coaches, oh, there's this new girl here. She's from Peru. She just arrived. You know, she plays volleyball. It would be cool if you guys just, you know, invited her to a camp in Adelaide because that was where the national program was based. Um, mm. And anyway, I was 13 when I went to Adelaide um, and it was actually meant to be a selection camp for under-19 and under-21 junior world champs. And anyway, I went along. I still couldn't really speak English very well. Um, and I thought it was just more like, a, hi, this is who I am. I play volleyball and I would love to do this more. <laughs> but anyway, I ended up getting selected for the under-19 team um, when I was 13. And that's kind, of how wow. I first, that's kind of how I first got scouted into, um, into the national program. And um, I became part of the National Talent ID squad, which is the NTID squad along with heaps of other juniors from all around Australia. And yeah, I guess 
played heaps of junior national events and got selected to play um, under 19 and under 21 junior world champs for eight years. So, and then, yeah, and then obviously I became a senior athlete. And then after high school, I got offered an air scholarship and then I moved full time to Adelaide after I finished high school. And that's kind of how it all started. What an amazing path through getting picked that early. Uh, a scholarship, of course, with the AIS, which meant that you did make that move to SASE or the, the South yeah. Australian Institute of Sport. What made you decide to make beach volleyball a career? Well, when I was 13 and I got to experience an international tour when I got selected to play that year, that was the moment I was like, oh, this is cool. Getting to travel the world playing beach volleyball. I want to do this. And that, that was the light bulb moment when I decided that beach volleyball was what I wanted to do as a career. You're making me want to do it as a career right now. It sounds <laughs> incredible. <laughs> it's not all glamorous. There is the ups and downs of it and the spending time away from family. So definitely, trust me, it's not all glamorous. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we, we just see the beach and, and, and yeah. you winning medals and, and exactly. celebrating on the sand. But how hard is it to maintain? It's not a cheap sport, is it, from the, the financial side? Um, no, definitely not. And when I was a junior, obviously mum being a single mum and starting, you know, right from zero, it was not easy for us um mom always found a way she always supported me you know whether she had to talk to the head coach of new south wales or the head coach from this person and person of that and just find a way for me to still go on tour and, and compete but you know um not pay five to ten thousand dollars each trip um you know there was always there was always we always found a way which i'm so grateful for because that support just meant that i was able to you know to do to do what I wanted and um yeah it just set me up really so yeah that that was a huge does the sport support you now is that something that comes through in sponsorships or, or funding is there enough support uh, oh yeah I mean now as a senior athlete yeah we are very fortunate that we're part of the national program and VA does support us um with our flights and accommodation and we do get a, a minor allowance type of support uh, monthly which started as a living away from home allowance right from the start but yeah I mean most of our income anyway comes from price money so sport is brutal it's black and white um, if you're successful you can definitely make a career out of it but if you don't win yet yeah, then it is obviously very hard to make a living out of it. Is there gender equity in, in sport in this sport do you receive yeah. the same as the men in the program? Yeah, and that's the beauty of beach volleyball. It's always been equal. We get the same price money. Um, you know, it's it's equal all around, like except the net height, which the boys play in a high net, everything is the same. You're listening to Trailblazers with Stephanie Brands. Maria Faye Atacho da Sala is today's trailblazer. Maria Faye, 20 years before your silver medal, Kerry Podhast and Matt Cook won gold at the Games in Sydney. Did you and Taliqa have the chance to speak to them much about that experience and did they offer you any advice? Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, they've always been a part of our journey and, you know, been right behind us, supporting us. And Nat actually had a little bit more to do with us, you know, as she lives in Brisbane as well and she was able to come physically to our sessions and just be there like be a great role model for us and a great mentor 
and share her experience. So yeah, that was that was really, really cool. And she got really close to us in the last few months leading up to Tokyo because of all the adversity and challenges that, you know, were happening. So yeah, it was it was so cool for her to um, be a part of it. Well, when the Tokyo Olympics were postponed, how did that affect you? Uh, it was okay. Look, I saw it coming, you know, things were going south pretty quickly. Um, <laughs> and it wasn't a matter of just trying to get, you know, trying to get angry or anything because one, you're wasting your energy and two, you can't control it. Like it is what it is, you know, well, it was what it was and there just wasn't much point getting too caught up on it. In the other side, I just looked at the positives and, you know, that meant we got an extra year to prepare, an extra year to get better. You know, we were still young, so that extra year was a huge advantage for us. And, yeah, I just tried to stay really focused on what I could control and what I could do myself, you know, the things that I never really got to do because I didn't have the time to do. Um, got to spend time at home and spend quality time with my family. And, you know, I love that. I'm such a home girl and I'm such a family girl. And for me, that was just so nice. So, um, yeah, I just try to look at the positive in everything. There's always a silver lining. You've left one major event out of that. You managed to find time to get married during that year uh, yeah. in COVID times. How did you meet Jack? Is he from the beach volleyball world? No, God, no, he is. We had no mutual, it literally was fate. We had no mutual friends. It was a complete stranger. I was living in Adelaide. He's from Brisbane. He got taken to Adelaide um, as part of his job. And that's literally how we met. Um, but he used to play rugby. He was a rugby boy, rugby sevens, um, was part of the development team for the Aussie sevens. But yeah, he suffered a few major injuries which made him double think about his career. And I just said to him, please don't make me the reason why you quit your rugby place. Because <laughs> I know what that would feel like and I never want to be the reason why, you know, you didn't pursue your dreams. So I made that very clear. Uh, but he always jokes around how he's like, well, I got one up on you. So <laughs> um, no, but literally he's, yeah, I'm, I'm so happy we crossed paths. Like I said, it was just a random yeah, we had no friends in common and literally it was just, yeah, he's he been an athlete, it's, he knows and understands, which, you know, makes a huge difference for me. And, yeah, he's such a big support. Like, he pushes me. He makes me a better person. We're just a really good team. Yeah, I'm so lucky to have him. He's, he's lucky, but don't tell him that. Shh, <laughs> <laughs> hope he's not yeah. listening. <laughs> well, you did manage to have a wedding. Did your wedding look anything like your original plan? No, not at all. Um, we had to postpone it twice at that time and things weren't looking great at all. So we decided to just go to the registry um his parents were at witness because we we're only allowed to have two people there so it was literally us saying i do to each other in front of his parents and you know it was it was still beautiful so we did that in november last year hoping that we would have our wedding this october but you know things just don't want it to happen <laughs> so we actually had to call it off completely after trying to postpone it four times because i just can't deal um <laughs> and I've, had, I've honestly had enough um we got mom to come over from peru for it so she's still scheduled to come in early september which i'm so excited to see her it's been four years since i've seen her so 
you know, she was meant to be coming for the wedding, but she'll just be coming to see me, I guess, <laughs> and my brother and, you know, the rest of the family. But yeah, we will eventually have the wedding and the celebration when when COVID wants us to have it. But, um, you know, <laughs> we're nearly one year legally married, so at least we're married legally. <laughs> Exactly. You got the official part out of the way. Now you can just plan yeah. for the big party. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Now, I presume there is a plan at some stage for you to be back on the road competing. And that does mean that you get to go back and play in some of the most beautiful places in the world. Where is your favourite place? In all the places that you've played, what's your favourite? My favourite has to be Hamburg in Germany. That stadium where we play is just phenomenal. The energy, the crowd, the atmosphere... It's honestly so fun to play in. Um, that was where World Champs was held in 2019. Um, and, yeah, that's that would have to be one of my top top stadiums. But, you know, obviously, Stadt's obviously stunning. You've got the Swiss Alps around you. And, um, yeah. I did not see that coming. Neither of Switzerland nor Germany were places <laughs> I was thinking of for beaches. But <laughs> I'll have to put Manly in there. I'll have to put Manly in there. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, tick it off with tourism, New South Wales. Yeah. <laughs> Does the quality of the courts differ greatly between tournaments? Oh, yeah, hugely. Each venue, each tournament, it's completely different from the sand to the air to the weather to everything, everything just um, varies from event to event, yeah. But the sand in Tokyo, it seemed to stick less to the athletes, which sounds weird, but why is that? Everyone's saying that and I completely disagree because I was a schnitzel. <laughs> I was honestly a schnitzel every time. I don't know if because you were so sweaty as well, so you were covered in sand. So I don't know why maybe through the TV you kind of couldn't see or or, or what, but I was honestly a schnitzel. I'm pleased to hear that because I didn't notice it when I was watching the beach volleyball, but when I was researching to talk to you, I read an article on it. And it said everyone has noticed. And I thought, oh, well, I must be the only one that didn't. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was covered in sand. So I don't know what. <laughs> oh, that's, that's good to know. <laughs> <laughs> you and Taliqua were watched by the whole country uh, as Australia saw you compete in Tokyo. What's that like to play knowing so many eyes are on you, even if it is virtually? Oh, it was such a special feeling. And, you know, after every game, we would receive so many messages from everyone watching and, you know, saying how proud we've made them or to how much we've, you know, made them feel so happy. And during the lockdown, obviously, it was a very tough time for everyone back home. And we were able to put a smile on the face despite all the all the um, adversity that was going on. So for us to, you know, to read that and feel that was, it's just, it's super special. And um, yeah, we definitely felt all the love and all the support from home. From someone that will never be in this position, does life change when you win an Olympic medal? Well, right now I've been stuck in a room, so I'm not able to tell you that <laughs> much. But you know what? I mean, it's hard to say. I'm proud of who I am as a person first, you know, um, and that's always been a big priority for me. For me, I I love being a good person first. I'm Maria Faye first and then I'm Maria Faye, the volleyball player. 
Um, and that for me will be my number one priority forever because at the end of the day, it makes me a better player anyway. And it, it's what makes me happy. It fulfills me being a good person, making people happy, inspiring others and helping others. It's what makes me happy. Um, all these medals and winning games and championships, obviously at the start, it's not how I felt, but now it's not what defines me. It's not where I find myself worth. It's not what makes me who I am, you know, who I am as a person. Um, it's what makes me so happy and so fulfilled. There are plenty of young beach volleyballers out there who now want to follow in your footsteps. What advice would you give them? To be you, honestly, be yourself, um, be true to yourself. And if you have dreams and goals, don't let anyone and anything get in the way of your dreams and do it with a smile on your face. Maria Faye, thank you for sharing your experiences. Congratulations on your medal winning performance in Tokyo and all the best for whatever the future holds. Thank you so much for being our trailblazer today. Thank you guys. Thank you so much for having me.